Hello and welcome back, foundlings. This is season four, episode one of the Odd Campaign. We are so glad to have you, and we're going to jump right back into the swing of things with some character introductions. So, my lovely players, we're going to go around the table. Please give us your name and where you currently find yourselves. Hi, I'm RL. It's been a while. Um, I'm playing Greg. He is a middle-aged, and by middle I mean around 33. Uh, he's about six foot one, a little bit slender of a type, white hair, green eyes, kind of dorky looking, but in a good way, in a good way. He's currently in a tavern, what's, what's the word, socializing? He's currently in a tavern socializing with other guests while carving a little wooden goat while also having a real little goat on his lap. Hello everyone, my name is Daniel and I play Daniel because I am original. Daniel currently finds himself in a workshop of some variety, working on something, because what else would he be doing now? He is about six feet tall, has brown hair, blue eyes, and wears a set of goggles on the top of his head. And hi, I'm Snow. You might also know me as Emily. Right, that's backwards. I still don't have my actual name down in real life, I guess. <laughs> but I'm Emily. I've played Snow in the past, but today I'm playing Odette. She is a relatively modest young woman with long blonde hair and blue eyes. She is currently in a library looking at some books, typically on the history of the world. And by her side, she has a tiny dragon that is curled up, and she's petting him. In all of your respective locations is where you all currently find yourselves separated, as none of you have actually ever encountered one another, at least not unless in passing. And though you are all in very separate areas, you all happen upon a very similar event. For those of you near individuals, it's a little bit easier. So, Greg, in the tavern, you notice that a number of the patrons kind of stand up and walk over to the window. Daniel, you hear a knocking on the door, and a familiar face comes to greet you as Tiffany's trying to pull your attention outside. And Odette, in the library you are at, the silence is broken, and you hear hushed tones and murmuring, but not from all of the guests, but uh, only a select few, as they all kind of stand up and start making their way outdoors. Greg will uh, stand up and look out the window with the other patrons holding Jerry in his hands. Jerry is the goat, by the way. Can I roll for perception? Sure, you may. Is anyone else uh, following up? Daniel is going to follow Tiffany outside and also see what all the commotion is about. Odette is very focused on her book, so unless there is something very loud going on, like there is an emergency, she's probably going to continue reading. This is probably a regular occurrence, you know, people just walking around looking terrified, so she's ignoring yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely, for sure, yeah, not a problem. To the other two of you, though, you notice that there seems to be a massive looming figure in the skyline above towering over everything else, easily 500 feet tall, there seems to be a large cloaked individual. Moments pass, and it appears though this figure has not been noticed by everyone. Only a select few members of the population in both the tavern and Tiffany is able to point it out to you, Daniel. Oh, jeez. You think that's the guy that uh, trapped us in here the first time? Or, well, I guess still in here. Uh, oh, no. 
I'm going to get a little, uh, little, little anxious. All is quiet, but suddenly the cloaked figure starts making wild and exaggerated frantic hand motions and gestures. And just as suddenly as it started, it, it comes to an end. But yet the figure still looms overhead. Is he trying to say something? Huh. I'll try and talk to him, I guess. Uh. <laughs> Dragle, go outside? Sure, not a problem. Exiting the tavern bar, you manage to walk out into the streets. And uh, do I see the, the guy in the sky? Oh, absolutely. I try and uh, wave him down. Hello, uh, buddy. Are you all right up there? You look a little, a uh, little panicked. Uh, I couldn't relate to that. I was just wondering if, uh, if you were doing okay. Hello? You can see underneath the hooded figure, there seems to be some sort of glowing eyes, but it does not seem as if they're making eye contact with you, but rather looking past you and above into the skyline. But they do begin gesturing frantically with hand motions, and then it seems as if almost they tap on something. Uh, is, is this thing on? Darn it, Bart. These are very simple instructions. If the red light is not flashing, then we're not live. What? Just like that? No, what? You turn it on while I was explaining this to you. Oh, goodness, this is going to break immersion. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Who happened to him? Greetings, my adventurers. I hope you've all been enjoying yourselves these past few months. Though it's come to my attention that some of you have been, uh, lacking. Many of you have been complacent in my absence and therefore have begun to lack any direction, motivation, and most importantly, incentive. So for those of you who have found yourselves in this position, and even for those of you who have not, I am here to bring good tidings and great joy. And don't forget the bountiful rewards. I'm going to be introducing a new EEQ system for expedited event quests. You'll no longer have to bother with those troublesome NPC interactions, but rather you'll be notified with ample warning that an expedited event quest is about to begin in your area. You'll be told its location, recommended level, and a brief description. And most excitingly, the corresponding reward for varying levels of success. There may be multiple expedited event quests active at one time, and some will be more challenging than others. But with greater challenge comes even greater reward. So go out there and do what you should already be doing in the first place, which is playing my game. For now, we'll start with some basic objectives, which have somehow not yet been completed, uh, in order for some of the less adventurous of you to be able to find their footing and catch up to the rest. But fret not, for the game is just beginning and there will be grander quests with more fabulous prizes yet to come. Well, for now, I'll bid you adieu, uh, at least until you annoy me enough with your whining again. So, ladies and gentlemen, happy questing! It is the same guy, isn't it? What? Not bad with faces. And he doesn't even have one. Uh, Daniel? Uh-huh? I don't like the sound of that. I... Well, I mean, I like, don't. maybe it's good, because, like... We don't have to go around looking for things as much anymore, and we can kind of just, like, things will pop up in the menu. We hit accept or deny, and then we just go do it. But, like, what really does that all mean? I wonder if he's trying to expedite our demise. And just as suddenly as this large figure appeared, it vanishes. But all of you, including Odette, get a notification in your message, HUD. Daniel opens the notification. Greg will also follow suit. It's basically a synopsis of what he just said uh, in text form and followed by there's a new tab in the menu. Daniel is going to click on the tab. Greg will follow suit as well. Odette looks at it. 
Too much to do for this right now. She swipes away. Pushes all the notifications. For those of you who have read it, it says, Greetings to the start of the expedited event quests. It immediately populates with a large number of various different quests for different floors. Oh, that's cool. Maybe, uh, maybe we should take one of these up. What do you think? What do you think, Jerry? What do you think? Meh. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Well, he wasn't lying. There is a bunch of stuff to do here, Tiffany. You can see that there are quests ranging for multiple different floors. From floor one, you see out, clear out the goblin hordes that reside in the caves. For floor five, it says, find the Temple of Ishtar and pass the trials, which you remember having done. For floor 10, uh, Greg, you don't notice anything, but Daniel, there is something that is very oddly specific, which says, finish Dr. Vasquez's clock. And for floor 15, you all see that it says, collect the Valkinium for the city of Erveldum, as well as help defend the people from nature spirits. Well, I kind of like this one about nature. I do like nature. Oh, wait, if it's a nature spirit, I've got to defend people from it. Does that mean I've got to fight nature? I don't think I want to do that. I don't know. What do you think, Jerry? Meh. It's a delayed response, but I also agree. Meh. We should think about this. Stop. What are you eating? Is that the spoon from the tavern? <coughs> Jerry, you cannot... St oh, God, Jerry. You're not... Oh, you swallowed it. Jerry, I know you got a stomach of steel, but that's made of wood. That's not going to feel great coming out. You do little poo pellets, that's not going to come out in a... Jerry, I don't even know if there's a veterinarian around. Ugh. Spit it out. After a little bit longer, Odette closes the book that she was reading. There we are. Now we're all finished. Okay. All right, all right, I'm looking, I'm looking. So she opens up the menu and clicks on the new tab. You also see the message pertaining to the expedited event quests, and you can see that there are a number of quests for numerous different floors. Mm. But more so, all of you beyond that are also receiving multiple messages from pretty much every other player in the game, and it seems as if this was a shared experience that everyone is currently dealing with. And they're all kind of frantic and panicking, but also reaching out to people regarding potential parties. It's cool. All of my friends started messaging me all at once. I feel real loved right now. Uh, you do notice that uh, you were included in a couple of group chats. <gasps> and uh, though I, I will say that the few that you were in, you read something about, hey, let's all get together. Yeah, except for that one guy, Greg. Yeah, you're right. I forgot to remove him. And then you just see removed from party. Oh, well, that's not very nice, but I think I understand why. Nobody wants their, you know, I guess, uh, surrogate dad watching over their shoulders when they're trying to have cool adventures. Oh, it's okay. We'll find some, uh, we'll find some new friends, Jerry. Greg is hurt, by the way. <laughs> of course. He's kind of down now. Uh, but Daniel, you do also receive a message. But this one is from Draken, who you know to be the current stand-in for guild leaders since Snow has mysteriously disappeared. Well, as unanticipated as it was, this is actually rather advantageous for us. I'm gonna see if I can get a couple of people together to maybe tackle some of these. 
so we can maybe earn some coin and uh, get the coffers back up and running. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good idea. I don't really have that much, if any, coin to spend for myself, so I think it'd be good to uh, do some of these. Might we even qualify for the Ishtar one already? Because we did that once? Uh, certainly. We might be able to turn in a couple of these. Uh, it depends on what all we've done, per se. So, uh, I'll check in and we can hold a guild meeting or something. Yeah, just let me know. So, all of you scampering about for the next couple of days, it seems as if the game becomes more lively and people are actually going out and progressing things. Some taking on small quests, and some people gathering together very large parties. But, Greg and Odette, over the next two days, you both receive a similar message. From Draken? Uh, it does seem to be from a player named Draken. What is that? What does the message say exactly? It says, Urgent. Please do not delay. By some means or another, you have been hand-selected, and it is with grave urgency that your aid is being requested. There is a desperate matter which needs attending. A village on a nearby floor is surrounded by wolves. Its inhabitants are trapped and some injured. This quest will be dangerous, but will be graciously compensated with a lump sum reward of 50,000 gold or magic items of equivalent value. For further inquiry, please meet me at the local tavern in the town of Yenemut. Oh, well, that seems good, Jerry. I know you don't like wolves, so kind of your natural predator. But realize I'm the natural predator of wolves. So you should be safe. I'll go put you in my little uh, shirt or make a pouch for you and keep you close so the wolves won't get... Uh, we'll just go. I think we'll go. Uh, we don't... I mean, we tried beating up with our other friends. It's not exactly... What, he's just standing in the middle of the street talking to a goat, by the way. The goat is staring at you and you do notice as it is shaking and then at the mention of a pouch, it immediately jumps and tries to crawl up your shirt. Oh, oh well, not right now. I don't have the pouch right now. Oh, that's weird. Your hooves are cold. Okay, well, we'll go to this Yenemut town, meet this, uh, Drakewall? Drakewall? I don't know how to pronounce it, but, um, basically... Meh. Yeah, okay. I'll shut up. Let's go. Odette, you received a very similar message. How would your character respond? Hmm. What is this Mm, his world quests, they might be interfering. Let me see, what is the reward for this one? She goes and she looks to see what reward is available. So there are a number of quests. Uh, is there a specific floor that you are looking for? Or you have been sent personally a message of someone stating that they would give you 50,000 gold or a similar valued magical item of your choice. And it seems as if all you had to do was dispatch of some wolves that were attacking a nearby village. Hmm. I wonder if it could be one of those legendary artifacts I could ask for. Oh, probably not. Let me just... Um, am I able to respond back to the message? You could message the individual back. Yes. Uh, hi. Uh, really quick. What kind of... When you say an um, equal value magical artifact, are we talking any magical artifact of equal value uh a magical artifact so long as it costs less than fifty thousand gold less than fifty thousand or equivalent to fifty thousand i'm not gonna nickel and dime you if you're asking for like four thousand forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine gold pieces is not the cap here fifty thousand is to clarify all right so you're saying any magical artifact that is of equivalent value 
That is what the message read, yes. All right. I'll see you soon. Looking forward to it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm surprised that Draken has made it this far without killing someone. To our know? knowledge. I was about to say, you think he hasn't? <laughs> what makes you think that man has not killed someone? Uh... He just took Snow's position after killing her. <laughs> That's why I haven't been able to find her yet. All right. Come along, Indiana. We've got an adventure to go on. All of your characters, for one reason or another, have found themselves traveling to the tavern in the small town of Yenemut on floor 10, which you have all successfully been able to make it to. For some of you, this might be the highest floor that you have made it to, as very few guilds have actually made it successfully to floor 15. The building is relatively large, and the door is in the back left corner of the room of this tavern. And as you enter, you can see that about 10 feet in front of you is a staircase leading upwards to where the living quarters are. As you enter further into the main room, there's a long bar with many stools on the opposite side of the room. Besides which, there seems to be a stage, though it is currently vacant. The walls are lined with booths, and the center of the room is filled with tables. On a crowded evening, you could even guess that this building could sit close to 100 people. But right now is not a crowded evening. In fact, it is vacant, spare for the bartender and a couple of odd patrons. Odd patrons. Uh, uh. Upon entering, Greg will send back the message, uh, I'm here in a smiley face, but not an emoji. Just the smiley face with the semicolon in the parentheses. Very nice. And he'll, I guess, take a seat by the bar. Okay. Anyone else? Daniel, you probably would have already been here. Yes. I guess he's probably just standing around where Draken is just because... Oh, you don't see Draken. Oh, he's not there yet. Okay. You don't see Draken. You remember coming with him. He kind of does kind of like vanish occasionally. I guess Daniel would... No, Daniel would not be at the bar. Let's be honest. No, No. Daniel wouldn't be at the bar. Daniel would be in the corner just watching everything and everyone. Fair enough. And Odette, what would you be doing? Uh, Being fashionably late while reading a book. She's walking in... Way after everyone else. And she has a book completely open. Kind of like that scene in Beauty and the Beast where Belle is walking around with her nose in a book. It's that moment. And currently, her little dragon is sitting on her shoulders, also reading along with her. Very exciting. Mr. Barman? Excuse me? Oh, hello. How you doing? I'm all right. I, I was wondering what kind of uh, kind of food you got. Maybe a... Uh... Maybe some sort of uh, sandwich or soup or something that my me and my little kid could eat here. Sandwich. Um. Yeah. No. No. We definitely do have meat between two l- slices of bread. All right. I think that qualifies. Um. If you want, I can even like go pluck a leaf off a tree out back and call it lettuce. Oh well, that's that's all right. You don't need to go through all that trouble. All right. Well, that's not. Yeah. So we 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 do have meat between bread. Um, and, and then we, we do have a bit of a potato stew, which I, I made myself. Did you know? I well, really did, yeah. I think I'll take some of that potato soup. I wouldn't recommend it, but all right, I appreciate it. Oh, well, um, <laughs> well, you know what? How no, about... no, no, it's great. No, trust me. Uh, as long as you rinse it down with enough ale, you won't even notice the taste. I'm not too fond of alcohol. It doesn't set a good, uh, good example for my kids, but I will take, um, some apple juice if you have it. Um, I mean, I've got juice. I don't know what the fruit is, i got to be honest. Um, the, the, I'll take a glass of water. We do have water from the nearby river. Though I do warn river. you. River? Oh! 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. Um, people don't bathe in that one because children have been disappearing. You know what? I think I got my own shrink right here. Why don't you just bring that soup over here? Not a Jake? problem, miss. Thank Duh. <laughs> Mister. Mister. <laughs> Mister. Not a problem, sir. Well, thank you. And who uh, Greg will get out his water skin and uh, drink some and also pour some in a little, little cup bowl for Jerry. Jerry seems very pleased by this. Oh, you thought that was funny, didn't you? Daniel, you notice as James, the uh, barkeep here, runs off into the back. Okay. And as the <laughs> evening is coming to a close, you haven't heard from your contact. Greg will keep messaging. Uh, I made it. Am I on time? Question mark. Are you here? Question mark. Am I late? Question mark. Did I miss you? Question mark. I'm sorry if I was uh, uh sluggish getting here. Or, uh, uh, this is about the highest floor I've ever been to. Are you Question mad at mark. me? Question mark. Oh dear me. I'm sorry. <laughs> he does a little frowny face. <laughs> And as the evening is coming to a close, you can see that the sun is getting ready to set outside. And Odette bursts through the doors, book in hand, dragon on shoulder, both of them reading while walking, uh, very peculiarly. She's specifically reading right now the legend of Arthur mm -hmm. and the sword in the stone. Legendary artifacts, Quentin. Oh, there you go. Uh, miss! Uh, do I, does Greg see this? Oh, absolutely. You do see a... What is your character wearing? She is wearing a long dress and robe. Um, it's white and blue in color. Yes. You see M's character, Odette, burst through the doors. Um, kind of like fumbling about. Uh, it was very shaky at first opening the door, kind of like the handle jostled around for a little bit, and then she kind of like staggered in, almost went up the stairs, and then kind of like doubled back, and then just kind of sidewalked into the rest of the bar. Miss, you're about to walk into a table, miss. Miss? She doesn't hear it at all. She is so focused on the book, and she's at the part where the sword is being removed from the stone, and she's trying to find a very specific phrasing indicating that anybody might be able to remove it. And as you're getting to this crucial part, your dragon leans in and gets really excited with their eyes getting even wider. Jerry, why don't you go help her? She, she, he, she might see you if you pop under or something. She's kind of walking haphazardly. I'm, I'm afraid she's going to be a little bit of a, a walking caution cone to the other patrons. Fun fact, Quentin, my pseudo-dragon is able to communicate telepathically. It speaks draconic. Do you speak draconic? Yes, I do. Very exciting. I speak draconic. But also, it typically talks if it's vocalizing in chirps, hisses, and little tiny growls. The dragon leans in. Is this a male or a female dragon? It's male. His name is Indiana. Getting ready to stumble into a table, Jerry does jump off of Greg's lap and does actually manage to not get the attention of Odette, however, but just push the table slightly out of the way by bashing his head and ramming it over, just scooting it a few inches as both the lady and her dragon just ever so graze it slightly before stumbling a little but managing to fall into a chair. Good job, Jerry. Good boy. She's still reading the book. <laughs> As you have all now made your way into the tavern, you actually get another notification. It seems as if it's actually um, a trade request, uh, almost like a delivery of sorts. It's asking you to accept or deny. Daniel's going to hit accept. Well, I was warned about scams like these, but I don't think I have anything worth to steal. Except for you, Jerry. 
and nobody would want to steal you. No offense. Meh. You eight paper spoons. He hits accept. The goat burps a little. <laughs> and then begins gnawing on the base of the table. No, Jerry, get back here. <laughs> Uh, drop it. And he just trots back over to you and hops into your lap. Good boy. Odette, what do you do with the incoming parcel? Uh, of course, everything has to interrupt. I'm almost done this. Uh, fine. She hits the accept button in order to clear it from her vision. And before all of you, it seems as if there's a glowing orb right in front of you. And you see pop up on your HUD, open your palm, appear on your screen. Does Greg notice that... The other people in this bar, tavern, are also doing the same thing? Uh, you do notice that there are about two other individuals who have a sphere of light hovering in front of them as well. Oh, is this an event? I don't know. Okay, it might be. He holds his hand out. Okay, Draken, I don't know where you're going with this, but okay. Daniel's also going to hold his palm out. Odette, a magical light orb is floating in front of you. She sighs heavily. Ugh, this is... Mm, perhaps I shouldn't have accepted this quest. This is so annoying. She slams her book closed. Fine! I open my palm out. And she says that out loud. And before all of you, the light slowly descends and rests in your palm, being almost weightless. Until eventually, the light fades and you see it is a paper crane. Oh, I guess someone's into origami. Maybe made too many paper cranes. Or well, somebody made them a thousand paper cranes and now they're just trying to get rid of them. Either way, don't eat it, Jerry. Greg will... His teeth slowly back away from the wingtip of the crane. Oh. Odette's looking very closely at it. What could it be? What is it? What is it? I'm, uh, give me one moment to take a look at it, okay? You're rushing me. Your dragon is... Ansley pacing back and forth on either side of your shoulder, constantly bobbing its head up and down. She pokes it, and it probably falls over in her hands, so she kind of goes, oh, It is paper. Oh! We've seen that before. Burn it. <laughs> and all of you see as this person with a blue robe off in the corner has their small pseudo-dragon on their shoulder, and it just spits a quick burst of fire into their palm, and the tips of this paper crane ignite. Well, uh, uh, ma'am, uh, don't... Look, ma we all got paper cranes. How come you burned yours? That's not very nice. It was a gift. And it seems to fall to ashes and cinders in your palm. Uh, uh, okay. Mm. okay. Very weak. Probably not magical at all. Don't worry about it. It'll burn. And it points with its tail. Uh, but it points at your game HUD and your inventory. She opens up the inventory. And you see Paper Crane. She pulls it out from the inventory. And the Paper Crane is there. So it is magical. And it's a curse. Knowledge Arcana? Sure. Daniel's probably thinking to himself, oh, I guess Snevok is in on this mission too. I remembered that from two years ago. Greg is thoroughly confused at why uh, multiple people have Paper Cranes, why this woman burned hers and then had it reappear and is now inspecting it closely. And he will walk over to Daniel who seems significantly more reasonable. Um, hi, my name's Craig, and um, I got a paper crane too. Do you know if this is part of some sort of event, or maybe you were called here by that dracon, dracon, I don't know how to pronounce his name. You called here by that shady kind of guy, maybe? 
Yeah, that's Drake, and he is very shady, and, uh, yeah, that, that's that's just him. He doesn't reply to my messages. Yeah, that is also just him. Okay. My name is Daniel, by the way. It's nice to meet you. My name is Greg. I already said that. Oh, this is Jerry. Meh. He's my, he's my kid. Starts um, biting on your shoes, Daniel. I just, just shake him off. You can shake him off. Good, Jerry, stop that. Just shake, shake him off. You're gonna want to shake, shake the go off. You like, kid, just shake your foot. Just shake your foot. Shake the go, Jerry. <laughs> Daniel is going to violently shake the goat off of his foot. And you just kind of see it stumble and then stand up and have a bit of your shoe in its mouth. <laughs> Jerry. continues to chew and then swallow. Jerry, that is what you get when you chew on people's shoes. You've chewed on my shoes. You chewed on Stan's shoes last week, and now we're not friends with Stan anymore. You need to stop this. It's destructive behavior to both of us. I'm sorry about him. He's a bit of a rebel child, if you know what I mean. Well, he's not actually a child. He's a kid, which is a baby goat. Odette, what was your knowledge, Arcana? Fourteen. Is definitely is magic. I can't make heads or tails of this. Well, that's the head and uh, that's the tail back there, actually. She looks at you, not understanding why you would say that. He holds his up. See, this one's the head and this one's the tail. It's a paper crane. Well, I understand that. I'm just not understanding what this magic is or curse. It's, it's probably a curse, which means we're all cursed now. It's, Let me see. Let me look. Let me try. Please? Me? My turn. All right, Indiana, can you identify it? I can't make heads or tails either. Probably a communication device, assuming this is made by the person I think it is. As you are all looking at the paper cranes, very enamored, you hear a loud voice speak up. And it seems as if there's an individual standing on the stage. Wow. Okay. Well, this is really all we have to work with. Well, Daniel, looks like you're going to have to do a lot more heavy lifting than normal. It's not like it was any different with Sal. Good evening, gents and ladies. Uh, let's get down to business. Uh, here's the job at hand. There's a small trapper's outpost called the Furbearer's Tannery. It's not too far outside the influence in the main city of Erveldum on floor 15. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my resources are missing, spread thin, or too busy being insubordinate. Hence why I'm in desperate need of all of your assistance. Well, uh, okay. Oh, well, I'm happy to help. Are you going to be joining us? Absolutely not. Like I said, the resources are missing, spread thin, or too busy being insubordinate. Wait, uh, hold on. If, there are, if you don't have resources, how am I guaranteed being paid? By resources, I was referring to people. I just like to refer to them as such. I don't think that's very nice. Interesting. I don't think insubordination is very nice either, but we're here. You got a fair so, point. I do have the coin to pay you, uh, especially if this quest is completed successfully. Uh, and here's how it goes. Uh, this trapper's encampment apparently has had problems with wolves in the past, but it's gotten really bad. And if you check those whole expedited event quest thingies, I'm pretty sure that this one qualifies under Fend Off the Nature Spirits. For some reason, they're livid, not very happy. And these wolves seem organized. They've been circling around this place for days, uh, attacking anyone attempting to leave, kind of seeming to siege the outpost almost. 
They more than easily outnumber the encampment of people, and they could have easily have overrun the place by now, but they seem to be waiting for something. Your job, uh, as the EEQ would say, take out all the wolves, try and help the village people, and maybe try and figure out what they were after. Seems straightforward enough. Do we have any idea how many wolves there might be, or is that just a see when we get there type uh, deal? survey would say a lot. He said enough to uh, circle around a little uh, town type thing, so that's probably a good amount of wolves. Um, can I roll a knowledge a knowledge history on the region that we're... Are we in that region right now in floor 10? So the area which he is sending you to would be on floor 15. Floor, it's on floor 15? Correct. Have would, we your, been? would your character have been to floor 15 yet? Is that a new new floor for us? We floor 15 is where mm-hmm. Ereveldum is. Oh, that's true. Has my character been to floor 15 yet? Mm, probably not. You probably would have been uh, very enamored and held up on other floors. Could I argue that I would be able to use knowledge history because I might have read about it in a book of lore? Quite possibly. Could I roll knowledge history? I'll allow it. Just a quick thing, we might have a problem. I've never been to floor 15. Uh, that is a 10 total. From your understanding, most of the time, the nature spirits tend to work with the people and bring about prosperity for the land. What's a nature spirit? What? So, from your understanding, uh, in certain parts of uh, this world in the game, there are magical creatures known as nature spirits. They're generally beings of really great power, but they generally work in tandem with humanity in order to help everyone and the land prosper. So you find it rather odd that they're attacking people because it's very uncharacteristic of them. So I'm assuming the wolves are nature spirits? From what Draken said, he referred to them as nature spirits, yes. Uh, I do have a running theory, though, which is um, there is an individual who is currently held up in the Furbearer's Tannery. Someone whose assistance I will require in the future to expedite matters. So it would be a great benefit to me, and this is why I'm willing to pay you so handsomely. The thing is, is he is sick, injured, and unconscious. Uh, luckily, all I need you to do is really bring him back here to me. Exactly, uh, where he is, what he looks like. Uh, that I'm a little foggy on, but the natives of this land refer to him as Storm Chaser. Oh, well, so I guess we're trying to find someone else for a nickname? Well, that would be his nickname, presumably, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and you, we just know he's in the general vicinity. Yes, he is stuck in the Furbearer's Tannery. Sick, injured, and unconscious. Uh, The villagers there don't really have the best medical supplies to be able to tend to him, so he's kind of been in this state, and it's quite possibly that his arrival kind of corresponds with the increased wolf activity. Ooh, that's probably not good. Could I roll a knowledge local if it would be considered lore among the people? Sure. 14 total. You haven't heard that term in Floor 10 used at all. Not a very common one. And he is referring to the natives of Floor 15, so it might be a very different lore uh, from floor to floor from your understanding. Mm. <sighs> Fine. All right, so we don't know much about this storm chaser, so let me just ask you, what if we find him and he is dead? Well, that would be very inconvenient, so hopefully you get there before that happens. Uh, though, do be careful and heed this warning. 
The fact that he is unconscious is of great benefit to you. He does not take too well to strangers. If he were to awaken, the wolves would be the least of your worries. Oh, so he's a dangerous individual. He certainly fits that bill. Okay. Um... But his specific set of skills will be very useful for the future. Well, can you clarify what exactly that is so that we have an understanding of why we need to be careful of him and why are we getting him if clearly he would not like us to get him? She's got a boy, buddy. He is very well-versed in the topography of the floor, and I hope that he will be our guide. Uh, help us get around and have an, an edge on a bunch of the other guilds. We'll oh. be able to finish a lot of these expedited event quests before everyone else, and hopefully be able to turn a profit. And hopefully maybe find the door to the next floor. I get where you're coming from now. I've been in this game for a... A hot minute. Uh, oh, I didn't know minutes could be hot. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I think I'm all right. I'm on board. Um, might need some supplies or or something, but I think we can... What, what's the, what's the weather like up there? Is it kind of muggy up here? Is it kind of like muggy or is it kind of like hot like it is on floor five? I was just wondering if you knew. Oh, certainly. It is uh, deathly cold at almost all hours of the day. Oh, yeah, I can speak from experience. Not fun, but it is cold. You've been there? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we got we got someone who at least knows the way around. Um, hmm, you cold. could maybe say that, but okay. Uh, this is why I've selected Daniel to go with you. He's somewhat familiar, but don't worry. I'm also going to be providing some stuff. There's a topographical map of the area with a marker indicating the location of the encampment. Once you get to floor 15, this should help you find your way, so long as you find the path indicated by this red line. Okay, that that might be helpful. So, when do you need this to go? As soon as you're comfortable leaving. But, as I said, dress warm and prepare for anything. You never really know what can happen out there. Imagine Yukon, Alaska, if you had to worry about really pissed off magical creatures on crack. Oh, um... That just sounds like regular Alaska. And always assume there's going to be a blizzard. Okay, I can do with that. Um, question. Uh, do we have anything to protect us from the elements? Uh, I know I was in a group one time and and uh, one of my buddies, he had this thing called indoor elements and it could touch people and all of a sudden it just felt like you always felt like a midsummer day. So maybe we got some of those. Can you do that? Uh, you have a coat. Maybe some snowshoes, heavily recommended. Uh, I might want to be more prepared. Uh, I don't want my goat getting too chilly. Uh, you there with the uh, kid that you have. Uh, exactly what is your class? Oh, I'm a, I'm a ranger. I'm not like a park ranger, just kind of like a ranger ranger. Uh, I have my bow here. I also have a little, like, a little dagger if I, I need to get up close, but I'd rather not. <laughs> Uh, I, I usually like to stay back and uh, kind of help from a distance if I can. Um, my, my friend Jerry here, he usually stays with me. In, uh, in tight situations, I can burrow underground and um, get, get me safe. Basically, nobody can get me when I'm underground, i found. If I'm in combat and I can't really be there, then I'll just dig underground and... Uh, I'll just, you know, sometimes I'll wait it out. 
All right, so that's a very long explanation to say you have a way to take care of yourself. Um, so I don't exactly have the money or funds at this point to be buying things. I've had to spend it for my own spells. However, uh, what about you, funny-looking man with the giant wrench? Oh, that's not very nice to say. Well, if he has the giant wrench, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say in regard to that. It's not nice to say people are funny-looking. Well, you're funny-looking. I am a cleric. I can heal people, I can harm people, and I can build things. That sounds like a threat a little bit, but that's okay. I understand it. Um, so you have no way to... Uh, okay, so you won't be good in the cold, will you? I already went to the cold. I have my stuff. So, um, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this, but it looks like we don't have exactly all of the necessary equipment at this time to be going out there, namely for myself. Could you use some health potions? I used my last one the other day when Jerry bit a stranger on the road. Meh. Yeah. Well, we don't have any more health potions now, do we, Jerry? Meh. Mm. Apology accepted. All right. So, um, my request is this. Uh, if you are able to provide any assistance, maybe some other party members, because I don't think sending three of us up there is good. I don't have much HP. I have 54 HP. Oh, that's so, so not what? a lot. So what can you do, exactly? And the little pseudo-dragon on her shoulders flaps its wings. Wonderful. What did it just say? What did he say? Magic. Okay. You really want to give that away so quickly? I thought it was obvious. Fine. Uh, we do no magical spooky things. The pseudo-dragon just spits fire. Just a little poof. But honestly, that is not my main interest. I am just here because I really like cool things like uh, the sword in his dawn. And she flashes the book. Okay. I can do some magic stuffs. It's just, I prefer not to have to use it. It is very exhausting. Okay. You might be right about the three people thing, that's for sure. Could we drag, uh, no, we don't want to drag Tiffany into this. That would be unwise. Uh, what, so, handsome man, you said that you would not be coming along with us? I've got bigger fish to fry. Uh, mm. But uh, if Daniel here wants to reach out to other guild members, I'm not opposed. But again, the reason why I'm kind of hiring side support Daniels because everyone's kind of spread really thin right now. Yeah, probably not going to be able to get anyone else. I feel like it is foolish to send 30 people who don't know each other to work together in a party. I've done dumber things before. Trial by fire, and hopefully that pile will keep you warm in the Yukon. Oh, Indiana, I hope you're ready. I'll have to give you more berries. Hmm, no, no purple berries. I know that really made your tummy upset, so you were willing to breathe more fire, but oh, the cleanup was terrible. Uh, Stories I don't think we need to know. Uh, it would probably be wise for us to at least try figuring out if we can get some supplies first, and what little we can get, we'll get, and then we'll go to the town and see what exactly is going on and formulate a plan from there. Yes, well, I hope I'm somewhat useful. Most of my stuff isn't really good for dealing with animals. But if there are people involved, I can absolutely floor them. Okay, so maybe we're convincing the villagers to help fight with us. Oh, or we use the villagers and throw them in front of us like a barricade. That is not what I had in mind, but... I mean, they're just NPCs. They'll respawn. Anyway... <laughs> well, uh, maybe. Maybe we should get what we think we need and uh, reconvene here as soon as possible so we can head out. 
If nothing else, you'll want warm boots and warm gloves because you'll kind of need your appendages. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine not needing my appendages. <laughs> I right. met a paraplegic once. Very interesting experience. He actually didn't need the wheelchair. Oh, uh, okay. Did he just use float all the time? No, he was faking it. Oh, wow. How do you cast invisibility? That's some... That's really wrong. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna go into town, maybe get some stuff and uh, come back here as soon as possible. I'd like to help this person you're talking about. Also, I don't feel, uh... I don't feel too great about maybe having a bunch of people attacked by wolves. That can't be very nice. Sounds fair. Take as much time as you need, as long as it's not too long. Uh, Odette, uh, you're a wizard-esque spellcaster type thing. Uh, so here you are then. Uh, these scrolls should help you along with your journey. Oh, th thank you. Uh, I'm actually an arcanist. No, 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 no. I, I really could not care less. Uh, okay. Uh, so what do these do exactly? I don't pay you to ask questions. I'm paying you to find solutions. Just know that these scrolls will help. Okay. Other than that, you are free to spend this evening here as I've already paid for rooms for all of you. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. But please don't stay any longer, because I'm not paying that tab. Fair enough. All right, so, um... I don't really have the money for this, but I guess I'm going to have to sell some things. Oh, my gloves. She, like, clutches them tight to her chest. Your pseudo-dragon kind of, like, curls up defensively around a ring on its tail. Don't worry too much. Hopefully, if we complete this mission correctly we'll be able to buy back whatever stuff we've sold oh i don't think i'll be able to get these back what are they um this is lester and you see from one of the gloves like the gloves kind of glow and then this ethereal hand appears sort of like the hand from um the adams family okay good that's exactly what i was thinking this is lester he is my helping hand um he helps me with tasks as i need them Oh, well, I don't think you need to sell that. I mean, it can't be too expensive to get a warm coat and maybe some health potions. I, I could help you out if you need it. Well, you don't understand. You see, I have this staff of the master. It was 30,000 gold. And um, okay. I am currently down to uh, very little left. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I'll help you out of a little bit of gold. I well... I'll be able to help you maybe get a coat or something. Why don't you come with me? We'll do some uh, some shopping and I'll get you what you need just to help you out. You can pay me back later. She won't turn down the offer. So the two of you go out for the evening to get better prepared and equipped. Meanwhile, Daniel, already having all of the heavy winter gear he needs, having already been to the 15th floor, stays by at the tavern. Now that everyone's better prepared and equipped for their journey, you all can spend the night here, get a good night's rest, just to make sure that everyone has a game plan for tomorrow. So the evening went past without a cinch. All of you had been given rooms, which was already prepaid for by your not-so-anonymous benefactor now, as you have met Draken. Think what you will of the man. He did pay for your room and board, so you would all wake up the next morning raring and ready to go. Uh, Greg would be, and he's an early riser, I, I would imagine. Uh, Greg would be downstairs conversing with James, having a hearty conversation over a light meal of eggs with Jerry by his side. Also eating the eggs, but less clean. I would imagine. Odette and Indiana are not early risers. In fact, they stay up very late in the night and are reading a book until they finish it. Just the book? 
just, just nothing else. And also attempting to identify these scrolls. Oh, roll a knowledge arcana for those scrolls you were handed. I thought it was spellcraft to is identify spellcraft? a scroll. Uh, yeah, it is. It is spellcraft. All right, rolling now. Yep. Hopefully your spellcraft's high. 15 on my spellcraft. These are very confusing, odd letters, symbols, uh, all jumbled, all kind of over the place. You, you haven't seen anything like this before. Y- you don't even begin to know what it could be. Hmm. Indiana, can you make any heads or tails of this? You see your little dragon is kind of dangling, and it kind of holds its talons into your shoulder and then, like, spins upside down to try and get a different angle at it. He has a 23 total. Indiana kind of is dangling there from your shoulder, head upside down, trying to get a different angle at this scroll, and then just tilts his head. No. All right. So this is completely useless to us, and, um... I don't know what it would be. (sighs) No, Indiana, should I message? I'm going to message the man. Um... Oh... Yes, that man. I know it's like mid... Hold on, this is midnight. It, I know it's like midnight right now. He doesn't look like he sleeps. That is true. Uh, excuse me. It could me. be a vampire. Indiana, shush, shush. Excuse me, Mr. Draken. What are these scrolls? I, 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 I need coffee, and it's hard in this world when there's not a lot of coffee available. You get a response from Draken, which is just a dot, dot, dot. Okay. Sigh. Italicized. I thought you were supposed to be a spellcaster. Well, I am a spellcaster. I'm just... (sighs) English is not my first language. It's not written in English. It's written in Elvish. Wait, that is the language. Hold on. I'm supposed to be able to read this. Do I get a bonus (laughs) if it's written in Elvish? It's it's elven magic. It's very confusing for you to... I'm an elf. I do understand this, but your spellcraft would beg to differ. Somebody's handwriting is really bad. I can't read this. watch your mouth. I bought these from a person, and yeah, their handwriting was bad. It's a scroll of teleportation. Watch your mouth. I agree with you. Scroll of teleportation. Oh, I can use that one. I see it here on my list. That's why I gave it to you. Well, all right, fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very handsome man. I hope to see you again soon. There's no response. All right, so she does that in the middle of the night, and that's why she's up. She's so frustrated because she can't read it. So everyone else is waking up in the morning. Greg is an early riser. Daniel, how about yourself? Daniel's also an early riser. I would definitely imagine. So both of you are up, like, around about sunrise, maybe a little before. It's like 7.30. It depends on the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. It does. If it's summer, it's usually, like, at 6 in the morning. We're going to say 7.30. Like 7.30. All right, so yeah, so you're up at around 7.30, and you're kind of all getting yourself situated as you figured you would head out nice and early in the morning to get a head start on the day, especially if you're going into a cold climate. You don't want to be traveling too late at night. However, while both of you are down in the tavern, you don't see Odette. Has anyone seen Odette this morning? Oh, I don't think I have. Uh, I've been down here since I think uh, 7 a.m. I've been talking with James and, and Jerry. I'm on a good old meal. It's a nice time. I've been waiting for you guys to be ready. I didn't want to push you. I didn't want to be rude. Uh, but I feel we probably should be going as soon as possible. Yeah, I agree. We we definitely should. When do you think we should wake her? Um, well, why don't we give it about half an hour more? Wait until about 8 a.m. 
that seems like a reasonable time to wake her up. I don't know how much sleep she got. So why don't we be just kind and courteous to our other party members for the time being, and uh, we'll see how things go on from there. Sounds good. We want everybody to be rested and, you know, energetic for the journey ahead. <laughs> how was your shopping session? Oh, it was pretty good. I didn't get anything too fancy. I just got a cold weather outfit. It's just, uh, you know, some generic coat, boots, uh, heavy socks, uh, just the very generic basic stuff for, you know, wintry type garb. Okay, that's good. That should do you up fine up there. Oh, I forgot to ask. I, I, if I did, I, I don't remember. What what class were you again? I'm a cleric. Oh, that's really helpful to have. I've been around a couple clerics. They sure are nice in addition to a team. Yes, I did a lot of healing of one particular person in our group. Oh, well... They got into a lot of trouble, to put it politely. Well, it seems like you've been a really good friend. Daniel glances over and is like, Sure! Okay. Daniel has a haunting memory. As the words Daniel echo, has PTSD. As the words echo in his mind, You're my best friend. Greg will see his kind of sure response, and he goes, Well, sure is my last name, uh, but maybe just like more of a, a nice acquaintance to this person. Just a general nice human, I guess. You watch out for others in your party. It's, it's a good, good trait to have. Happy to have you on the team. Thanks. You're a ranger, right? I am. Um, Jerry's not, though. He's just a kid. <laughs> I mean, he's got quite a range on him with jumping and leaping and everything. Oh, my gosh. This kid get a running start. I swear he can jump so far. It's so hard to catch him. He also has a lot of uh, energy, a lot. So i got to keep my eye on him. Sometimes I'll have him just attached to me. By that, I mean, I just put him down my shirt. He thinks it's cozy, so he's fine with it. And it's really just a way of keeping him out of trouble. He also seems to have quite the appetite. Yes, he does. Uh, you can see all these holes in my shirt. Luckily, I got a new shirt with my little cold weather outfit, but all these holes were made by Jerry, yours truly. You hear a muffled, Murr. Yeah, it's okay. I'll forgive you. Jerry's face is currently stuck inside a cup. Ugh. Jerry, you know you're not allowed to have ale in the morning. And you know, you know, no coffee for you. You know what happens. You know what happens, Jerry. Greg will pop the cup off of Jerry's little muzzle. What happens if he has coffee? Oh, well, you notice how I said he's a bit energetic? Yeah, uh, have that times ten. Oh, that is, that, that is terrifying. Yeah, I say he's a kid, but he's more like a toddler in his terrible twos stage. So you're just conversing down in the tavern and you notice that time passes and the sun continues to rise. With no sign of Odette? No sign of Odette. And you can check your HUD and quite a period of time is passing. It does get to 8 a.m. and still no sign of her. Well, um... I, I think we should go wake her. I think we should go as a team, um, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I like to be respectful of ladies, but I also am slightly intimidated by them. My wife is uh, quite a quite an aggressive woman. I like it about her. I like it. So I guess Greg holding Jerry and uh, Daniel will go up and knock on Odette's door. Roll a perception check, Em. <laughs> That's a one total. Uh, not total, but it's a seven total. 
Knock, knock, nickety knock. As you knock on the door, you see as it actually kind of creaks open a little, as it seems it wasn't properly closed all the way. Ah, well, I believe a lady should always be a little bit more careful about shutting her doors. Um, but that's just my opinion. We don't want anybody peeping on her. You better not be one of them, Mr. Daniel. I'll be keeping my eye on you. I'm just kidding. Kind of. He will more loudly pronounce his presence through the crack. We'll not enter. Um, excuse me, Miss Odette. Uh, I think it's about time we get going. And uh, me and Mr. Daniel right here, we tried to let you sleep for a little bit longer. But uh, we feel it's probably time that we should be heading out. Uh, I don't want to push you or make you uncomfortable. I have some coffee if you're still groggy. It's a little perk me up. So if we could get going sometime soon, that'd be great. Though you call out, you don't even hear a stirring or a response. And you notice that it is surprisingly dark in this room, like darker than it should be, especially considering that there's a window in all of the rooms and that the sun is rising. But you do see a intermittent warm glow. <laughs> is the dragon's, or whatever you'd call it, snoring fire? The door is still closed. You just see a warm glow. I don't think it's appropriate for either one of us to enter a lady's room without her permission, but what Jerry is adorable, so he might get away with it. Jerry, won't you go in there? Um, you know how you wait. And he just immediately headbutts oh, the door. Well, don't be. <laughs> and it just like swings wide open. Don't damage the property, Jerry. I can't. You do see a, a vague dent. A man, I can't afford to keep paying for property damage. And as the door swings open, you do see that there's an awful mess in here. Books strewn all over the place. There's a blanket thrown over the window. And there are even more blankets. It seems like cupboards were pulled out and like the dresser was left open. And that all the blankets and extra pillows were just kind of haphazardly thrown on the bed. And it made some kind of nest, which is like pillows, books, blankets, all of this paper all strewn about the place. It made a little nest in it, a cave almost inside. Uh, and above which, though, you do see that there's a dragon hanging upside down by his tail, uh, and he's kind of just sitting there, snoring. Oh my goodness. But each time he exhales, there's a small breath of fire that is produced. Oh my goodness. Well, she's makes a mess of a room faster than my two kids combined. I'm talking about my real kids, not Jerry. There's only one of him. That's all I can handle. Oh, okay. I was getting concerned. I was... Yeah. Uh, wow. She has really made herself at home. Um, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Jerry, you know how you wake me up in the morning? You step on me sometimes? You lick my face? Maybe try and do that. Get in there. Do that to her. Me. And you see as he immediately books it and lunges himself into the, the pillow blanket port and is entering this small cave until eventually you do hear a thud. And roll a fortitude save. 17. You are jarred awake as you take two non-lethal bludgeoning damage as the goat kind of ran in and headbutt you. Ah! Uh, oh, that hurts. Why is there a kid in my hovel? I'm sorry, uh, Miss Odette. We tried to wake you up. Uh, Jerry got a little bit uh, impatient, I would say. Uh, we're trying to head out sometime soon. I'm so sorry for the uh, intrusion. Well, I just figured we might try and head out sometime soon. Uh, and I really, I, I really am sorry. Uh, 
Uh, if you're still groggy, I got some. Oh my oh. goodness, you talk so much. Give me one second. I'm coming out. I just have to like, get off of me, kid. Ugh. Jerry licks where he headbutt you. No, Jer- no, not Jerry. the book. Jerry, he Jerry, Jerry. You in a book? <laughs> come here, come here, boy. Come Me. on, come on, And back. you just see that Jerry hops out and he has a page in his mouth. No, oh, no, uh, uh, this is the most important. No, please give me that back. Jerry, drop it now or no jerky for a week. You see, the page does fall from his mouth, but there seems as if there's a bite missing. Um, Greg will take Jerry's mouth and open it like you open a dog's mouth when they have like something chewing in there. And he'll open his mouth and he'll reach in to grab the piece of paper before it it does, disappears does it. forever. He grabs it out. Oh, <gasps> Jerry, please. Get, yes, I'll take it. Please, here thank you. Go. Okay. You so, get a nice slobbery, so sorry. messy. I hope it can be salvaged. Wrinkled corner. <laughs> you have mending. <laughs> she casts mending on it. Okay. Jerry, good boy. Drop. Good boy. Drop. <laughs> you get some Jerry jerky later, right? This book is very important. This is how we're going to get out of here. Okay. Um. Well, we're just kind of waiting on you. If you need something for a little... You look pretty perky for your being just woke up. We're going to wait downstairs. Um, and we'll wait for you to be ready. Is that right? She looks an absolute mess. Like her hair. She's got like a giant cowlick on one side. It's all fault. Like just a mess. Equally as messy as the room. And, um... Greg and, uh... We'll see you in a few minutes. Greg and Daniel start to walk back down. And as they are, Greg was like... Greg will say, oh, Don't forget to pick up all your things, by the way. You don't want to... You want to make sure you don't leave anything by accident. Mm. He's right. What if somebody takes all my books? Ah. She starts running around the room and gathering all of her books, throwing them into the bag of holding. <laughs> How many books do I have, Quentin? I have a library, don't I? Uh, you have about 39 books... Uh, most of them have absolutely nothing to do with anything magical in nature, but are more so just fairy tales or odd cultural stories from various floors that you've just managed to procure. Exactly. And then we will find the one true hero that will get us out of this game. And you see as Indiana is carrying a book and is flapping it. (gasps) She takes it and looks at it. Which one is it? It's a book called The Ear of Corn. I don't think I had time to read this one. I guess I'll have to sit down later and read it. Oh, isn't this going to be great, Indiana? You look a mess. Uh, it's too early for this. All right, well, we better get downstairs after cleaning up up here. We've got work to do, Indiana. We uh, will find this hero. Uh, I have a solution. What? What is it? You just see him kind of, like, scoop all the blankets and pillows into a pile and try and start, like, scooching them towards your bag of holding. Oh! <gasps> Excellent idea, Indiana. I like your way of thinking. She starts gathering all the things similarly and cleaning up the room before heading downstairs. Yeah, you just literally, you just take everything that is not like too heavy for you to lift or is not physically nailed down to something and just shove it in your bag of holding. I have a stool now. Yes, you do. (laughs) All right, all right. I'm down. I'm ready to go. How about everyone else? You now have a stool, a candlestick, and a wooden bowl. Also, five blankets and four pillows. Physically cannot be cold. Can literally put her in a block of ice. Not cold. But they're not of great quality. They're actually not that bad, I gotta say. Oh, okay. Medium quality? Sure. So she comes downstairs. She's all dressed up now, wearing her winter gear already. Oh, my goodness. Southwood is actually very nice and warm. Oh, well, I'll see you ready. Um, 
uh, a pate up some uh, a croissant, a little egg sandwich. Uh, I, I figured we could eat on the go, um, you know, because we should really, really be heading out. All right, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank yeah, you, thank you, you. You can see it's it's um it's prepared in a way that you can hold it with two hands and just be able to eat it. I didn't know I could hold a croissant with two hands. No, like <laughs> he a has a croissant. Boy. And also like a breakfast sandwich that includes some like basic meat, eggs, cheese. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And then she starts eating it. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, now, uh, I believe that Mr. Draken's fellow said uh, we have to go to the uh, 15th floor. That's uh, correct. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yes, how do we get there? He's after mentioning that he's he get, didn't he give you those little scrolls? Oh yes, uh, that is why I was up so late at night. Um, apparently he gave us scrolls of teleportation. I'm not exactly sure why we're going to need them. I mean, it's not bad to have, but if we already have our teleport crystals, well, I think the teleport crystals only teleport us places we've been, and a scroll of teleportation can teleport us places that other people have been. No, I don't think that's how that works. I think it again with teleportation scroll, just like the regular spell, it takes to places where um, we have familiarity with, within a certain percentage chance of us failing or not failing of getting there. We could end up inside of a wall and die. Will has anyone been to the place that uh, has been to the fifth? Wait, no, Daniel. Mm-hmm. You've been to the fifteenth floor. Yes, I was waiting to get a uh, word in edgewise. But oh, so sorry. No. I'm a bit chatty sometimes. I'm so sorry. That is my fault. I, I will I will quiet though. <sighs> so when we teleport up there, it'll probably drop us close, but not quite at the town we need to go to. So we'll need to somehow navigate there, which shouldn't be too hard. There's only one massive settlement up there that I know of, and can't be too hard to find a group of people sitting out in a forest. Now, can well, I? Um... If you remember, that Mr. Drakenfellow actually gave us a map of where we need to go. Yeah, hmm. that's her and that's mine. Um, I don't know how good you guys are with uh, maps and such, but I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, pretty good at that. I'm, I'm well, I'd say I'm like medium. I'm not like the best, but I sure do know my way around. <laughs> Have you used a map before to navigate terrain you're unfamiliar with? <laughs> yeah. Okay, then you can have the map. Oh well. Okay, then. I guess I'll be a uh, uh, navigator. GPS. Greg Positioning Service. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, and yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm very good at following directions, although I'm not very good with general directions. I understand the concept of north, south, east, and west, but I don't really read maps as well as I could. I specialize more in, well, reading regular books and finding special artifacts. Oh, well... That's all right. You just leave it to me. I've got a lot of things prepared for a journey like this. I'm on the road a lot. I like exploring. So uh, I think we'll be okay as long as we all have our gear and our equipment. Make sure we all stay in warm up there. I hear it's a bit chilly. Uh, but other than that, I think we might be ready to set out. Yeah, I think so too. Well, thank you so much for all your service, James. You've been such a wonderful help. Oh, his name was James? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you, James. Oh, it's all right. Not many people pass by here, so they don't and, and they don't normally come back if they do. But it's a pleasure seeing all of you. It's good seeing you too, Daniel. I just, it's, nice to see you again, yeah, James. First time I've saw someone twice. James looks like a very sad man. 
I think he needs a hug. I'm uh, actually quite happy. How about we get going on this, Daniel? I assume we just uh, hold on to you or something. Hold on to you? Oh, uh, while he uh, does the teleport thing, if we uh, hold on to him while he teleports. Uh, I don't know if he can actually teleport us. I think he has to be able to cast the spell. Can you cast the spell teleport? No. Okay, so you cannot cast it. So, no, he cannot teleport us. Um, question, GM, how are we supposed to do this? Very good question. That's what we have to figure out. It's a puzzle. Ooh. Oh, is it? Well, it's not a puzzle. It's just you could save yourself days worth of traveling if you figured out how to use these scrolls, but it might take some thinking in order to do or some problem solving. So, in order to cast teleportation, it's based off of your familiarity. You can do it potentially if you have at least viewed the place once, which can be done via a scrying mechanic or by sharing a memory, for example. Oh, well. Oh, wait. But the person viewing it has to be scrying the person who viewed it, correct? So, okay. So let's let's say, for example, Daniel, mm -hmm. you have a memory. Correct. You describing the place isn't them experiencing it, but there are certain spells or abilities which will literally allow you to share a memory mm -hmm. so like they would even get the taste sense smells they would experience the place at least once so it's it's different than like you drawing a picture unless you're really good at drawing i can draw so well that they can smell it oh god that, no well unfortunately i don't know exactly where we'll be going and unless you have an ability to actually share your memories with me your mind or uh i don't also don't have any scrying capabilities um, mm, then we are sort of stuck in the water, so to speak. We would have to travel there in general on horses or by, by foot, whichever works. Unless you have a way to do otherwise, Daniel. Unfortunately not. Uh, do you know anybody on this floor? Well, there was one person in my guild who, during another mission, gave us these ethereal horses. But she's probably busy at the moment with other... Slightly more important things. Hmm. So, don't really want to bother her or more ethereal horses. Hmm, that would be unfortunate. Um, GM would comprehend languages, do it for a spell, because it's good. It, you can listen. So, the problem wouldn't necessarily be you being able to read or not read the spell, Daniel. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that spell is not within your class's spell list, and you can't cast spells outside of your class's spell list. Hmm. The only thing that I can think is um, if there was a way that we could all teleport to one location at once, it'd make it so much easier. Well, hmm. Hmm. The only thing that I can think, um, I know that sometimes we could teleport, like, just like with the guilds, you could go to your guild hall. I think mine is on floor five, so that's not going to help us very much. All right. So the only option that I'd see right now is if we travel by horse. It might take a little while. Do you have far away? Whoa, 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 hold on. What? what? We were giving these scrolls as a reason. I'm pretty sure we don't have the time to dilly or dally. Um, that's exactly what Draken said at least. I mean, we could message him and say, Hey, what do you want us to do with these scrolls? Although I feel like that's kind of a damage to our pride as people because it just means that we couldn't figure out what he wanted us to do with hmm. them. I feel like he wouldn't give us something that would be useless. Well, I mean, they're not useless. They're actually really good if we need to get out of a situation. Um, well, we also have our teleport crystals for that. Um, true. 
Mm. But if, for example, we are trying to get back to, let's say, the guy is stuck inside the cabin and one of us gets injured so bad we have to go back to a village somewhere. Well, the teleport crystals only take us to locations that are set by the game, but the teleport scroll can take us to wherever we remember. Within, I think, 900 miles? It is not very helpful. Okay. Um, hey, GM, question. Are we able to teleport to people? Uh, not directly to people. You'd have to go to, like Odette mentioned, a designated location where people could be, for example. So, like, generally major cities or guild halls. Is there a specific person you were attempting to teleport to? I figured Daniel could teleport to the floor and we'd teleport to him, type thing, if we could do that. Let me see. Uh, Odette opens up her menu and begins messaging Draken. Oh, hello, handsome man again. I'm sorry to message you so much. It is um, not exactly what I want to do, but let me ask you a quick question. This better not be a question that you could have solved on your own. I probably could solve it on my own. However, the problem is... Did we is... try that yet? Yes. Did you try really hard? I tried as hard as I thought I could. At the, Should at the I time. just go on this quest? Okay, I understand the problem. I just wanted to know if you had a faster way for us to get to uh, the floor exit. Yeah, it's called the teleportation scrolls I gave you. Oh my goodness. All right, listen. So, if you really want us to get there and try and use the scrolls, we can do that. However, there is a slight problem. If I am not very familiar with the place, there could be a very big mishap. Have you even been to the place you're trying to get to? No, I haven't. But we are being pressured. The, the, um, the man with the kid really wants to get there very quickly. And I understand why. We have a time limit. Um, Ode, are you re- do, do you uh, realize that you're talking out loud while you're typing there? I am? Oh, that is an amazing feat that I've really accomplished. Uh, so maybe if he's been there before or been to the floor, you're not going to be the one to cast it. Draken is. He'll just come here. We'll hold on to him while he teleports us to where we need to go real quick, and then he can just whoosh off or whatever. Oh, you assume he's oh, going to be that you're... generous. Oh, well, you know him better than us. Why don't you just ask him and say, hey, in order for us to get this done, you're going to need to try and do this because we don't have any other way to get there. I'm just saying we're, bit, we're in a bit of a pickle and we're wasting precious time. You said this was kind of a time-sensitive thing. Yeah, but remember, Draken is not typically the nicest guy, so he would prefer us to do this without any effort on his part. I can ask him and see if maybe he'd be willing to tell us exactly what his class is, and maybe he can actually cast the spell. Well, but he said he bought it off somebody, so maybe he can't cast it. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Daniel ask him instead. Mm, um, good point, good yeah, point. I'm just saying uh, we're kind of strangers. Daniel has a, a, even though it might be a bit rocky, a bit more of a relationship with him. Why don't you just try, Daniel? I'll see if you can be a little bit persuasive in getting him here and then just tell him it won't take more than two or three minutes. I'm just trying to keep this on task, uh, trying to get this job done. Daniel's going to somewhat unwillingly open his messaging board or whatever you want to call it. Greg will, like, pat him a hand on the back. You can do it. I know you can. Um, so they want you to come back, teleport us to roughly where you wanted us to go, and then you could go wherever you want. I have the slightest inkling that you would rather just strangle all of us first and take all the loot for yourself. Is that right? Well, you see, if I 
generally offer to pay people to do something, I expect them to do it themselves or else there's no point in me paying them. Right, I figured that's what you'd say. I just wanted to be crystal clear with your own words. kind of tried to say that, but... Okay, th- thank you. Thank you for stating the obvious. Okay, so Daniel, it looks like your conversation is now done. What is it that he wants us to do? Um, figure it out. Let's just do horses. Honestly, that is the old-fashioned good way to travel. Okay, that's fine. Well, if you both think that's okay, um... I assume you know where you're going with the door to the next floor, Daniel? Yes. Okay, well then we'll follow your lead. Um, let's just try and be hasty about this, alright? Hmm. Oh, no. Wait, I have an idea. Isn't there a magic shop in town? I think so. Well, actually, if we just need horses to get somewhere, uh, I can summon uh, a one to three little pony horse. That is a great idea, but I have an even better idea now. Oh. What if we go to the magic shop and the magic guy goes, woo, and then we use his powers and he scries us the location where we need to go and that way I can use teleport. That is a great idea. Yeah, on the same path of that, we could just, yeah, like, maybe, I don't know if there's a spell for it. I'm not really a, a magic guy much. I, I got some stuff. Uh, maybe we could look in, you could you could, you could look into Daniel's memories, see where... I don't... That's a bit of evasion of... Pro- we'll go with your idea, okay? <laughs> well, if I did that anyway, I don't really have a way of looking in people's minds. I'd have to go to the yeah. shop anyway. So well, yeah. why don't we all head there together? All right. That's where I broke Sal's foot. Good times. You broke a foot? Well... The past is in the past. Uh, maybe not break anybody else's foot. We need them. Uh, how about we head out? We'll go with our debts idea right now. And uh, we'll try and see if this works out. All right. So let's go. You all manage to make your way over to the magic shop, which just seems to be a relatively small square building. Uh, it, it seems like there are shutters and blinds on it, but they're currently tilted so that you can see through the windows and there is an open sign on the front door. Uh, Odette will walk straight in. You see within the display cases, there are numerous magical items and all of the bookshelves are lined to the brim with books and scrolls of all sort. And there is a counter with a very large step stool. It seems to go all the way up like six feet, even though the ceiling in here is only about four. I don't remember that step stool being here before. There was a guy standing there the other day, though. As you enter, you hear a little bell ding. And then from a back room, you hear, Who dares enter my establishment? My name's Craig, and I choose truth, actually. What? Well, I thought what? he was trying to play truth the day. Anyway. Uh, oh, oh, oh. No. What business have you here? Oh, hello. Uh, where are you exactly? Yeah, you hear a bunch of clamoring and clanging and something might fall in the back. And you're like, dig it. And uh, then you see these uh, doors push open and you see this very large, like nine foot tall cloaked figure. Hmm. Why do you need a step stool that tall if you are that tall? My assistant. Struggles. Oh, okay. Well, um, sir, I, I, so I was here the other day. I, uh, really, I remember you. Ah, thank you. I have a quick question for you. Do you happen to have any uh, scrying abilities or, uh, I am an all powerful wizard. And you see, like, lightning shoot from his hands. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I need to know where the exit to this floor is. You just see as, like, you're assuming he's blinking because his eyes that were glowing all, like, kind of, like, 
don't exist and then exist again really, really quickly. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You're a stupid NPC. Okay, so I... I am not ignorant. I have knowledge for hundreds of years, multiple lifetimes. Okay, so is there a place that seems to stand out among the rest in this area? Well, actually, Where... Daniel, what does it look like? Describe it to me. Oh, that's a good point. Do it. We're looking to scry this place. It's a tree. It's dozens of feet in diameter. It's in the garden that belongs to Queen Rimadolf. I know of the tree you speak of. This is the great tree Anuksaruk. Oh yeah, I do vaguely remember it had a really strange name. Though I must say, what purpose have you for observing the tree in the Queen's garden? Oh, uh, we have to leave this place? We have to get to a, uh, what, oh, that's right, door at NBC. Um, we have to ascend. God. Uh, sorry, uh, we're actually on a bit of a mission. Uh, so the tree's actually part of our mission. Just got to get there first. If you could help us out, that'd be really great. Uh, can I roll diplomacy, please? Sure. 20. I do indeed possess the abilities which you require. However, I will state... I do not know if I can aid individuals if I do not know their intentions with the Queen's Garden. Oh, well, our intentions are just to be passing through. We're not going to be staying there. This is a very private estate held by Her Majesty. Oh, we are trying to save the world. Can I roll bluff for my statement? Yes. Such a bull-faced lie. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Wizard. I'm a friend of one of the Queen's duchesses and we're on a mission for her she doesn't need to be on a mission this trivial my little lie was a five. Oh, total odette your character romanticizing your situation because you've constantly fantasized due to all of the books that you partake in you believe that every quest is of grave importance though you believe that you are attempting to save the world it is very clear to see by the sparkle and glint in your eye that you are gravely exaggerating if your statements are true. I would require a seal from the Duchess in which you say you have relations towards. A seal? Ah, uh, oh. Do we happen to have one of those, Daniel? Well, that's a bit weighty to carry around. And they're a bit noisy as well. Oh, never mind. He means like a royal seal. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, <clears throat> don't mind the old man. He is a good man, but I think he's lost a little bit of his mind. Come on. 33. He's an old man, <laughs> comparatively. Does Greg see uh, Daniel trying to let, like, a little bit struggling of what to say? Daniel looks exasperated as if he is at a loss for what to do. He's trying his best in every Does time. Does Daniel have anything in his possession that would be proof that he is a friend of the Queen or the Duchess? Uh, you do have your guild emblem. I'm going to turn around and point to it, to this magical guild tattoo. Ask him, is this enough proof for you, sir? Ah, the emblem of the Duchess Snow. Daniel is still having a hard time putting together that his friend is a duchess and is like, yes, that person I know, Snow. I will take you on your word, but I will have to check with the correspondence. For now, I shall aid you. But beware if I find out your lies. Well, we're not lying, so everything should be peachy cane. There is not a lie in sight in here. How dare you think such a thing? Quote, save the world. 
All right. All right. Thank well, you for your help, sir. It's greatly appreciated. It sure is. Now, if we could get on with this, we're in a bit of a time-sensitive crunch. I appreciate your assistance. What is it that I can do for you? Uh, so we need you to... I need either an object for scrying or I need to have a visual memory of the location so that we can save the world. Well, we're saving some people, but they're a part of this world. For your connections, I can lend you my aid this once. Come forth. Who, uh, who is it that needs this? Oh, that would be me. All right. And you, with the seal of the Duchess. Step forward. You are know of this place. Yes, that is correct. Very gracefully and flowingly, you can see as the person moves from behind the counter, it doesn't even look as if they're walking. You don't see, like, a gate or anything protrude from their very long robe, which goes all the way down to the floor. It's almost as if they're gliding, and you just see as both uh, of his arms outstretch, and you can see that his robe arms are far too long for his hands, and they kind of just dangle there, but both uh, Odette and Daniel's character are touched by these robes, and you feel as this energy sort of surrounds you, and you see a bright light, and all of a sudden, the two of you are... I feel violated. ...experiencing thoughts and memories that are not your own, but it seems to be whatever you are currently thinking of this moment. So Daniel, oh, Daniel's character is currently thinking, uh, Odette, you can hear this, that Daniel's character is currently thinking, I've been violated. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very strange thought to have. Um, could you try and think of the location we need to go to, please, Daniel? Yes. I do not want to be in your brain space much longer. Daniel is unsure of whether to take this as a good or a bad thing. Uh, so Daniel recalls the time... He, Wilson, Sal, Snow, and Queen Rimadolv, I think, all went to Anuxaruk to walk up into the 15th floor. Okay, Daniel, I need more. I need to see the location of the tree. I see people. I only see people, Daniel. As Daniel concentrates more on the scenery around him, Odette, you begin to see that uh, Daniel was being very humble and conservative in his initial description. Uh, this tree is absolutely massive. It seems like it could even be a castle of sorts. It is almost a hundred feet wide in diameter, and it's hundreds of feet tall. You see that it seems to almost open up, and inside it is completely hollow, and the woodwork is very intricate, as there's a giant spiral staircase that goes up the entire center of it, and there are multitudes of doors running all the way up the inside of the tree. <gasps> Oh my goodness, Daniel, this magic tree, it's so beautiful. We have to go there right away. Yes, that, that is why we are here. This is so exciting. Perhaps there will be a legendary hero there. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. The answers, Daniel. It is all the answers. All right, my dear friends, we must go outside or else we will hit our heads going out. Uh, okay. I don't believe that's how the spell works, but as you wish, I am glad I could have assisted you. And he kind of nods his head and glides back behind the counter. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. Now, if you're not going to buy anything, get out of my store. Yeah, sorry. I, I spent so much money yesterday. You should be happy. That was yesterday. Um, Greg will start walking out. Sure. Daniel will follow Greg. 
I know that will follow after saying essentially. Well, I understand that you can teleport while you're inside the building, but it's kind of like teleporting while you're underneath of a, uh, let's say, a ladder. It just brings so it's, much bad luck. It's okay. We can do whatever makes you comfortable. All right. So I guess we all gotta hold hands or or something. Oh, uh, how about? Uh, you you can put your hand on my shoulder, and Daniel, you put your other hand on my other shoulder, because I need my hand so I can read the scroll. Okay, and I'll hold on to Jerry. All right. All right, are you all ready? As ready as I'll ever be. I am very ready. A bippity bobbity boo <laughs> She reads out the scroll and casts the spell. As you see, her hands, as she chants these words, are engulfed with a magical aura, and it seems to travel down all the way up her arms and then to her body, extending to your personage, and you are transferred. Flawlessly, you can sense that Odette's desire for this location is so strong. Her urge and willingness to be within such a mystical place brings you and you find yourselves in the center of Anuxaruk, the well-furnished staircase before you spiraling all the way up hundreds of feet, and you can see dozens of doors spaced amongst multitudes of platforms. Oh, and we didn't even have to go through the front door. Wow, this is a big boy tree. Oh my. Oh my goodness, look at these carvings of the wood. She just runs over and starts running her hands along everything. It is so beautiful. I don't want to leave. Okay, I know we have to leave, but... <gasps> Ooh, where do you think the doors go? Uh, I don't know. Well, let's stay on Mission Odette. I know you really like this tree, but uh, we'll be pine without it. <laughs> okay. Uh, For real? <laughs> I got that one. Odette opens up her map and just makes sure that the location has been added to it. Indeed, all of you who have not been here before, the Great Tree Anuksuruk has been added to your waymarkers, and you can now teleport here. Okay, it's time to get rolling. And uh, Greg will nudge Daniel. Which one of these boys do we go through? Daniel points to the fourth door that is a ways up the staircase. Do you like climbing? Because we're going to do climbing. Well, it's a staircase. Um, so uh, I guess it's some cardio, but it's not that far up there. Where does this go? And you can see as the dragon kind of turns with one of the knobs to the second door. Uh, and no, 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 no. Do not touch that. And you can feel a blast of warm air hit you. That is floor five, I believe. Yes, it is floor five. Oh, my goodness. Wait, this tree connects the floors together. Yes, it does. This tree is amazing. Yes, please do not go through that door or else we will literally be farther. We will not be at square one. We will be at like square negative 10. Oh, well, that wouldn't be a problem because we could at least use our teleport crystals and come right back here because we have access now. Uh, I guess um, Greg will walk up to the door that Daniel previously pointed at. Uh, This one, you said it was this one? Yes, that's correct. All right. Well, everybody, let's get together. Um. Maybe hold hands as we're going through it. I'm not quite sure how the the doors work. I don't want us to end up in different places. Yeah, probably better safe than sorry. All right. Especially because um, it's very cold out there. And... Greg will tuck Jerry into his shirt. Now, don't you be biting my brand new shirt, Jerry. Don't. Don't, don't be biting it. You, tell you what, if you don't bite it, I'll give you I'll give you two pieces of Jerry jerky later. Good boy. All right. And uh, Greg will hold out his hands. And he's like, well, let's do this. Daniel grabs one of Greg's hands. And he, he opens the door. 
Oh dear, I'd suggest grabbing onto my hand or Daniel's hand, whichever one you're more comfortable with. Odette has been slightly distracted, opening and closing the door Odette. several times. Just uh, Odette. Uh, Odette. 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 Oh, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. Give me one second, I'm friendly. She runs up the stairs and grabs the hand. You can see as Indiana notices that the door is open, he immediately just flies in. Oh, uh, okay. oh well, let's then. go after him. Okay, and, well, uh, there Greg he will grab um, both of your hands firmly and uh, go through the door. Making your way through the door, you finally see on your HUD as it updates, and you are now on the 15th floor. You are blasted by a sudden gust of cold air, and you are very quickly confronted with the climate that you were given warning about previously. Though thankfully, the skies look clear, no snow to be seen, and it's completely void of clouds, though there is snow all over the ground. You find yourselves in the middle of a forest. All of the trees are absolutely massive. It seems as if you stepped out of a tree, even, and there's a little door archway kind of carved into this tree. It is large indeed, not nearly as big as Anuksrook, but you can see that it does span hundreds of feet up, but it seems to be just one of the many trees that are like this here. And as you close the door, you see that the door kind of disperses into the tree and the magic runes around the archway slowly disappear and it just looks like regular bark. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where I think we're going to close out this episode of The Odd Campaign. Thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of Sword Art Online Odd. We hope you enjoyed and you will continue to follow along with the story. And make sure that you guys are leaving us ratings and review on whatever podcast listening app that you are on. And if you haven't done so, please do that in Podchaser. Roll, um, in Podchaser and iTunes, those are great places to leave a review, guys. Uh, also, if you want to keep up to date on any latest announcements and news, please make sure you're following us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram at RollFound, as well as on TikTok at RollFound. We're not really posting it that much. I'm working on it, okay, guys? I promise. And also, if you want to support us in other ways, make sure you tell a friend about us, because you know what? That's how we grow, and we're slow growers, but we're getting there, guys. Yay! Uh, you can also support us in other ways by going to our Patreon and donating to us monthly, which actually helps directly support the production of the podcast. Or you can also go to our website, missingrolleplayerfound.com. That's missing R-O-L-L playerfound.com and picking up some merchandise. We actually have a Daniel shirt that I just ordered. I can't wait to wear it around and uh, actually make Daniel wear it around. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll wear the Sal shirt. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, go pick up something there and rep your merchandise by tagging us on our Instagram, on our Twitter, at RollFound, like I said. All right, foundlings, the last but not least thing that I would like to say is another big thank you to Michael Gelfie and Will Savino with Music D20 for providing a lot of the music and ambiance in today's episode. Make sure you guys go check them out. They're great people, and I love everything they produce. Highly, highly recommend them. All right, foundlings, that's it from me. We will see you next, next week. Bye! Bye-bye! Bye, guys!